story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. Aw, just sneak in. Not me. I ain't going to church. No Sunday school today. Good morning. Welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. Once again, it is June the 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Tom Richardson. We're going to look at a few things today, like I always say. Got a little bit of scripture for you. Got a little bit of my own commentary few clips I'd like to play, and some of them you've heard me play before, or at least in some context, but uh, we need to be reminded of where we're at. As soon as my feet touch Zion. I won't be in trouble no more. Amen to that, huh? Anyway, let's have a little let's have a little conversation here. Let's have a little monological conversation. Listen to a podcast or uh actually he does a television cast. Steve Bannon. Um now Steve is He's a politician kind of guy. He worked for Trump for a bit. You know, I forget what his title was, securities enforcer for the White House. I don't know. Steve's a good guy, seems to be. Uh smart, intelligent fellow. Not not a comedian, not a not a, a hack. But he had a he had the pastor from Canada uh on his show the other day. And this guy had some very disturbing things to say. And I don't have any of those clips today. I will try to dig those up and put together something that's coherent. But basically, this guy's from Poland. He grew up behind the Iron Curtain. He saw his family carted off to the camps. And uh, he had a lot to say. He says, if you look at the United States and Canada, Canada's already sold out, folks. It's already pretty much owned by the Chinese Communist Party. So if you're in Canada, go somewhere. Don't come south. Because <laughs> we don't have any room. We're letting all of them in from the south. But, anyway, I'm just kidding. But, you know, the, there are things that, should be waking people up, but they slumber still. 
he said that the things that happened in Poland after the close of World War II and the Russian takeover, he compared them to the things that are happening here now, and he says it's happening so much quicker. So there you are. He kept his church open during the COVID lockdowns and was arrested for it. There's one where he throws them out. He calls them Nazis and all kinds of stuff. He, it was kind of hilarious, actually. And, you know, it's a man who stood up to the tyranny, a man who stood up and said no. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Down here, because these things haven't happened on a large-scale basis yet, you'll have pastors who tell you, Romans 13, we have to bow to the government. That is not what Romans 13 says. I encourage every person listening to me today, and I'm telling you right now, study Romans 13. And we're going to talk about that later. Uh, Maybe not today, but I do want to drop this little eggshell for you. Pastor, if you think listening to the government because they say shut down because you're scared is going to get you off the hook. If you are that afraid of a little virus with a very minimal death rate and you listen to your governor who tells you to shut down, threatens you with uh, fines and such. There's a guy in California that racked up over $100,000 in fines. Baptist. A Baptist. And, of course, there's John MacArthur that stood up against him. I don't agree with everything on John or the Baptists as far as that goes, but I'll tell you right now, these are men of God who stood up under tyranny, just like Pastor Polevsky in Canada stood up against tyranny. And people can say all they want. I've heard pastors say, Oh, this guy stayed open. He didn't do what was right. Romans 13. Romans 13 does not apply to laws that go against God. If Romans 13, which is you know, quoted so often and misused in so many ways, if we were to follow it and apply that to law as we know it in the, in the United States alone, let's just stay there. Because that's where I, that's in my wheelhouse, as they say. I live here. So if we apply it to the things that go on in the United States, that means we can honestly say, well, I, it's okay as, for me as a pastor, which, just so y'all know, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a college education, Bible college education, but I can preach with the best of them. And I'm not bragging, I'm just talking. But let me tell you something. That means that if you have the license to marry people because they passed the Obergefell decision in the Supreme Court in 2012, you are duty-bound to marry homosexual unions because it's what the law says, Pastor. Romans 13, remember? Or... You can tell uh, a young lady who's become uh, in the family way in your congregation outside of wedlock, oh, it's okay to go get an abortion because, you know, the law says so. You know, now, you know I'm being sarcastic in both of these situations. 
Those are laws that were passed, and they're not really laws. They were decisions by the Supreme Court that made it through and went into so-called law that made it legal to do these things. And just because they're on the books, okay, now, now pastor, you, you got your out. Romans 13 says, I have to do what the law says. No, it doesn't. Well, I, I, I got off on this. I'm going to just keep going. Romans 13 and the, and the rest of the book of Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, and on Ephesians, all those were written by Paul. Paul was a leader in the first century church, and that you can't dispute so far, correct? The government at the time ruled by Romans and the church state ruled by the Jews consistently told the Christians to stop spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet Paul didn't. John didn't. Peter didn't. James, and on and on. Timothy, these men stood up to the tyranny. They stood up in the face of death. And if you were to look at it and say, well, they violated Romans 13 because the Roman government said, don't do that. They passed a law. It wasn't for 300 years till Constantine made Christianity the law of the land. That got a little out of the way. but So don't take your Romans 13 stance with what makes you feel good. Oh, I, I, I had to close my church because Romans 13, I have to listen to the governor. And here in Ohio, the governor never told the churches to close. I'll give DeWine that much credit. He suggested it. Many did. I know many that did not. Okay. That was my rant on pastors who go this literary way of interpreting Romans 13 and not looking at the full scope and the context of when it was written, by whom it was written, and the church and how it conducted business when it was written. They denied the Roman law. They denied the Jewish law and went with God's law. So know your context. Okay, truly peaceful uh, engagements. Like I say, the pastor in, uh, in, in, uh, up in Canada and the recent things that happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, were at a, sp- a school board meeting. A school board meeting. People were arrested because they, they, had their, they were given their time to talk. It's like a one minute for each person. There's 200 people that were allowed to speak, from what I understand, with one minute each. They, 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 uh, they cut one guy off who was a senator, a, a former senator from the state of Virginia, a, a, a good one evidently, and he had retired from Senate, not been unelected or, you know, he didn't lose an election. He just retired, and he got up and gave a very good speech. I wish I had that on tape. I, I may have to dig that up somehow. But I, I, I've got to tell you something. Before his minute was up, the school board shut him down. He had like 10 seconds left. 
And they said, oh, okay, that's enough, that's enough. And then they voted 9-0 to stop all other public discourse. The people didn't like it, so they got him sang the Star-Spangled Banner at him. And I, wanted, I start when I heard him singing, I was in the car, so I couldn't stand up. But when I heard them singing, I heard them, you know, hit that part, you know, the twilight's last gleaming. Now, I know that the context of the song is, you know, he could still see the flag flying to twilight's last gleaming. Rockets bursting in the air. But are we here in the United States and in the free world seeing twilight's last gleaming? As we see now, parents who aren't toting guns and clubs and burning anything shut down and arrested because they had the right to speak and it was taken from them. One guy was arrested. I think one or two were arrested. Now they say, oh, we didn't arrest him. Well, you detained him. And there's uh, Mark Levin played the clip uh, of this happening uh, uh, several times. And you hear one deputy say to another, arrest this man. Why? Because he wouldn't sit down. He wouldn't capitulate to their illegal order. These are elected officials. They need to be gone. There needs to be a special election to get rid of every one of those school board members. They need to go. The other day I heard, uh, and I, I don't have, I, I have the quote as close as I can. A friend of mine was uh, good at quoting this one. You know, uh, the tree of liberty, the tree of liberty needs to be fed with the blood of patriots and tyrants from time to time. Joe Biden says, if you want to quote that, you better just remember, we have the tanks, we have the bombs, we have the, uh, we have the military, all the guns and nukes. Are you threatening to nuke the American people, you Chinese communist bought and paid for mushhead hack? That's what I hear. I say this, give me liberty or give me death. I have the liberty in Christ, and that gives uh, we have the liberty here also in the United States under our Constitution and under our other founding documents like the Declaration of Independence. But yet they are taking them away one slippy step at a time. Excuse me. Uh, what? John Hancock say, let me sign this document large so that King George can see it without his spectacles. Let me say, you know, you never know when this will be the last time I'm allowed to be on this pro, this podcast plat platform. You know, I, I don't, I don't raise too high of a crowd evidently because they let me get away with a lot. I don't think they're paying that much attention, but Hey, uh, all electronic media is scoured by the NSA. Just ask Tucker Carlson, a new thing that came out that his emails are being read by the National Security Agency. They read them all, folks, or they can. Let's put it that way. They can. All your text messages, all your emails, they can be read by the National Security Agency. 
Or as I say, NSA, no such agency. They try to act like they don't really exist when we all know they do. Let's talk about the apocalypse. You know, I've heard somebody say, oh, it's the apocalypse. Well, let me tell you, so the apocalypse is used in a lot of different contexts. Uh, the movie Apocalypse Now, you know, from way back was not all that good, I thought. Had some good lines in it, but overall just seemed like a drug-infused haze of garbage. The uh, Armageddon was another one, uh, you know, that kind of, falls on that apocalypse theme. Apocalypse doesn't mean what most people think. It's not the end of everything. It's not the the uh, the uh, conflagration or whatever. The word apocalypse or apocalyptus is a Greek word that means the unveiling. When you read uh, Revelation, which is another word for apocalypse, Revelation, when you read the Revelation, the last book of the Bible, it's like watching the curtain being raised in a movie. You know, and I don't, I don't, I haven't been to a movie in many, many years or, or say a play, a theater, you know, you go to see a, you know, they raise the curtain or, or a concert. Now, some of them, they drop it from the top down. So don't use that. When they raise it up slowly, uh, I can remember a concert I went to and it started out with, you know, these keyboards, you know, and they were, they were, they were, just the keyboards playing, you know, that a, a, a little, what they call that, a triad, a tune, whatever. And as the keyboards played, the, the curtain slowly came up. You can see the feet, then you can see the knees, you can see the waist, you know, then you see the guitar, and, and, the, and it just slowly went up till it revealed the entire stage. And all the lights and, you know, the, the, the band members come out and do their thing. That's what we are seeing in a way. Now things are happening quicker, but over the years, I'd say since the the crack of this century, we've watched things slowly happen, slowly reveal themselves. I got I've got an interesting little clip, two of them from a guy. I don't know who he is. Uh, a guy. I got it from another thing that I, I I really I thought it was very good. But I want you to I want you to pay attention. This is one of those elites, you know, that's out there uh, from you know either Trilateral Commission, Bilderbergers, or one of those groups. But give a listen to how he presents this idea. One of the things that the um, elitists discussed back at the turn of the century when they were talking about how do you convert the United States into a collectivist system was the fact that you can't do it quickly. You have to let people get used to it incrementally because any major change would be rejected. See, now, I don't really quote Billy Graham too often, but his famous one was the frog in the kettle, or the frog in the pot of water as they turn the heat up and slowly he cooks himself. He doesn't know. He says, the water's getting warm. It feels good, and then all of a sudden you're boiled. What is this fellow saying? He's saying basically the very thing I just said, they reveal it slowly. You can't, you can't just jump, dump things on people it has to be revealed slowly they have to realize before it's over that you've lost everything that this nation was founded on i've got another clip from him as well let's just go ahead and go with it in that fashion it's possible for people to get used to this process and even to think it's a good thing people will accept uh, the gradual 
uh, growth of government, the gradual loss of their purchasing power. Uh, they'll accept almost anything if it's done gradually. And we have to be very alert to that. Very alert to that. Folks, 2001, I believe we went over this just the last time, but I repeat things for the reason of burning it into our memory, including mine. Patriot Act, NADA, on and on. House Resolution, I believe it is 2625. There's a whole bunch of stuff. The Some of these things they say, oh, they didn't get passed by Congress and Senate, but they got administered into the Executive Emergencies Act or Executive Emergencies Powers, where they can set things up without having it signed by every senator and congressman. So again, this the revelation thing, you know, it happens slowly, gradually. Those are the uh, adjectives, adverbs, whatever they are that they they use. And that's why a lot of these pastors and scare quotes, they stay away from the book of Revelation. They don't understand it. They don't want to. They believe that nobody's ever going to see any of it. It's not going to happen uh, to the church. They're going to be raptured away. They're going to, it's all going to be over. It'll be done. Now, I don't care what you believe. As long as you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord and God, period, we're on the right track. The rest of it, God will reveal if you ask, and he reveals things to you in his word. But you have to read it. you got to study it. you got to understand it. That's what God wants. And most preachers fear. They don't want people sitting in pews in front of them who have a good understanding. They don't want intelligent people. They want power. And let me tell you something. If you're a pastor or a preacher listening and this doesn't apply to you, if you don't feel like you're in that, then don't take offense. But if it kind of, oh, you feel a little twinge in your spirit, maybe, check yourself. Are you in there trying to teach your people anything or are you just trying to keep them stupid, keep them ignorant to God's word? Let me read a passage here. It's time to bring it in, I guess. Hosea. We're going to look, we're going to look actually look at two, and they, they kind of bounce right off of each other. Okay, Hosea. It's in the Old Testament. Chapter 4, verse number 6. I've read it to you before. I'm going to read it again. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. God wants people, you common people like me out there that don't have the Babel college, God wants you to know his word. He wants you to understand it. He doesn't want every hack preacher to try to decipher it for you and tell you things like Franklin Graham that Jesus would take the shot or Jesus would encourage you to get the shot if he was here during this pandemic. 
What a load. Think about it. The great physician, capital G on great physician, capital P on physician. That was Jesus. He would tell you, oh, no, I, I can't handle the, the coronavirus. Uh, I've heard good pastors that will say, and older ones that say, I'm just going to trust God. I'm not taking that shot. I've got a, a, another friend of mine, he just told me the other day, ain't no way. His doctors are telling him not to take it. Let's read another one. Esther. Remember Esther? She was a stand-up gal. Esther 7. Esther 7 and verse 4. For we are sold, and I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. We were sold. We were sent off to death to be destroyed. Now, she's talking about an entire nation of people, the Jews. They were sold. They were, they were sent off to be destroyed. What's happening, people? Are we, are we awake now? Now, some people are going to say, oh, Tom, that's Old Testament stuff. We're a New Testament church. We don't, we don't pay attention, and that's only for the Jew. I've, I've heard a guy tell a, pre, a preacher. I heard a preacher tell a guy the revelation of Jesus Christ that John gave. That last book of the Bible. Oh, that's just for the Jew. Don't read that. Still in the pulpit. They try to say these Old Testament passages, they don't read, they don't, they have nothing to do with us. I'm telling you, Paul wrote, these things were written for examples or end samples in the Old Testament or in the uh, King James. Examples for us to follow. He talked about the, uh, the, the catching away and taking away of people in the uh, uh, Exodus. These things were done for examples for us so we could learn from them. But we're not Jews, Tom. We're people, and we're God's people. You, you, are you born again under the blood of Christ? You're God's people. You're one of the chosen ones. Now, some people say that that's only the Jews. Yeah, the Jews are God's chosen people. But you're under the blood. You've been grafted in to the vine. The Jewish roots are there. You're grafted in. You are part of God's people. They don't think that it's going to apply to us. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The entire Bible's there for you. Don't disregard because some hack tells you, oh, the Old Testament, yeah, the Psalms are good. Don't read Genesis and all the rest of that stuff. It's just boring. Boring. 
They're stupid. I say it right there. Stupid. Do you realize that on our southern border, I believe it's on the Mexican side, but right on our southern border, bordering with Texas, that there is a Chinese guy that owns 200,000 acres, South Texas border, right next to an Air Force base, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. 200,000 acres. You can do that calculation very easily on your uh, – Whatever, duck, duck, go, I, I always say, use that for your search engine. Just type in, you know, conversion from, from acres to miles. I did it with uh, Bill Gates owning 350 or something thousand acres of farmland, and it, it was a, like 468 square miles. So the Chinese own 200,000 acres right on our border. They've bought real estate in New York City, prime real estate they own now. They, they tell Hollywood or Hollywood what they can and can't produce. They, you can't say anything that goes against the Chinese government or China as a whole. You can't produce a movie that makes the Chinese look bad. You can't do like a Red Dawn which is an old movie where we're invaded by an outside force and use China. I think I actually did in a second one. I have to watch that movie again. But you can't do that now because the Chinese owned Hollywood or Hollywood. One guy got himself in trouble. I don't remember his name. Doesn't make any difference. So the actor that that made a, a just a a blasé kind of a, a statement about China, and they made him, they made him, they forced him to recant the statement in English and Chinese. That's the world you live in. You say, well, I live in Ohio, or I live in Canada, or I live in wherever, Texas, or what. I don't live in Hollywood. Don't you understand, folks, that what happens out in California, sooner it starts sweeping across. It always seems to happen. It's all about money and power and the need to control a narrative. And the Chinese have the money and the Chinese have the power and they are controlling the narrative. You know, they always throw, it's the Russians, it's the Russians, it's the Russians. Oh, the Russians are coming. Uh, they may be someday because we're heading towards Crimea to get involved in the Ukraine deal is what it seems. The words out, there's a destroyer or some kind of a, a ship heading that way, one of ours. But, yeah, it's not, it's not about Russia. They, they keep pointing fingers at Russia to keep you from looking at China. Just beware of that. Be weary. Don't, don't, don't let these... Idiots and CNN, MSNBC, and all the other ones tweak your mind to their way of thinking because their way of thinking is really gone. But we're getting boxed in. We're going to get boxed in by our worst enemies. Our worst enemy is China. And the dragon has looped his tail around us. I have a, well, no, let's just say, I want to say this. The danger when it comes 
it comes pretty well in a quick fashion. Um, Let's listen again. I told you I had a clip that I played a while back. This is about two minutes long. Then we're going to wrap real quick. But this this uh, this is from my one of my. It's getting to be Sky News Australia. Uh, This guy plays some. I I hatched this together so that uh, it was a little bit shorter. But well worth the listen to know these are the power elites. These are the people in the economic era or the economic circle and what they think and how they feel that America should go. This is the plan that I have repeatedly warned about to take the tools of oppression used to tackle the coronavirus and use them all lockdowns, forced business closures, exclusion zones, isolation. We heard we heard Angela Marsden earlier. Businesses shut down, isolation at home, all of that, all of those measures, including destroying private property rights and private income in order to tackle the climate crisis. Now is a historical moment, a time, not only to fight Klaus severe Schwab. virus, but to shape the system. We have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. The Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy must be a wake-up call. It is imperative that we reimagine, rebuild, redesign, reinvigorate and rebalance our world. Rebalancing investment, harnessing science and technology, and advancing the transition to net zero emissions, all elements of the Great Reset are fundamental to building the future we need. And this revolution will come at a race-taking speed. It will be like a tsunami. It's at the end what, what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. No, mate. Not in Australia, it won't. Rack off, Klaus. Rack off, Klaus. That's Klaus Schwab. There's another guy in there by the name of Gutierrez. I don't really know him, some other English fellow. But what are they talking about? The Great Reset. Build back better. That was that was Biden's slogan, which all oh, made him look so smart. Look at Joe Biden. He came up with slogan, build back better. No, you, the UN. That's a UN mantra, build back better. Tear it down first and build it back better. They're trying to say Trump tore the whole thing apart. Well, he did. He tore apart this globalist cabal for a, a short bit. Uh, not that he ripped them to shreds and threw them to the wind and they won't come back. But their ideas start to fade because they, they, they kept trouncing on him over and over again to get him out and put one of their puppets in, which would have been Pence. Pence would have been a puppet, folks. He'd have went with them. Because they have all kinds of stuff on him. Build back better. That's what he kept saying. Build back better. He had a podium. Build back better. What did Klaus Schwab say? It's 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 gonna come at you like a tsunami. It's gonna happen fast. They couldn't wait for this coronavirus thing so they could do what they did. And they're continuing to do. 
Now it's jab, 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 jab. And, and if you took the jab, I'm sorry. Let us pray for you. If you didn't, stay the course. Don't let them pull you in with fear. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. When the danger comes, like Schwabi says, it'll be like a tsunami. It'll happen fast. It'll happen quickly. They'll, they want to change everything, your economic, your social, and your biological. wonder how they're going to change your biological. What could they possibly do to change your biological makeup, make you a better self? Oh, they'll give you a shot or two. And as my doctor told me in the fall, probably a third one. Just line up for it. Go get it. It's free. The only thing you have to lose is your soul. So remember, when danger comes, remember a fellow with a three-letter name named Job. J-O-B. Nice, big, long chapter in the Bible. Most people don't read it because they don't understand it. But I just, you know, if you read the first couple chapters, you'll see that what happened to Job happened quickly. He lost his kids, lost his cows, lost his sheep, lost his camels and his oxen. And it all happened from what you can understand. It didn't happen over, you know, six years or uh, it happened like in a day. It says that a man came, one of his, the one who was allowed to live from the attack to take of whatever animal showed up and said, sir, you lost every, all your sheep are gone. As he was speaking, the next one came in with the cows. As he was spe- came in with the camels and said, you lost it all. As each one was just finishing talking, the next one popped up. Folks, things happen very quickly, and these people are planning for them to happen very quickly. Read, if you would, Romans 13. Do that, study it, understand it, get it, get, get it down. Because you're going to start hearing it from these pastors that want to use it to justify all their, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that, because the government says, read that, read Revelation, read over those passages that we covered today, Esther uh, 7.4, I think it was, yep, and Hosea 4.6, and understand that my people are destroyed for lack of wisdom and knowledge. Ecclesiastes 1.18, for in much wisdom is much grief, and in that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow, but the sorrow that is worthy of having. God bless you. Have a great day. This is Tom Richard, the Removing Confusion Podcast.